2: hello ladies and gentlemen and welcome to the 50th episode of panel riot are you as excited as i am i don't think that that is possible i can't believe that we made it to episode 50 50 episodes that's crazy most shows don't make 10 we've hit two big landmarks already we've gone for more than a year and uh and here we are on episode number 50 and um I'm just pleased as punch, but uh, I'm going to get into that a little bit later. As we do what we do to start these shows, traditionally, Intern Stan, first, thank you. Thank you for being with me for 50 episodes. And uh, do what you do best. Fire us up a theme song.
3: Outgrow bro
4: these two noble and two love that we all know now and we don't need someone to care about we get a since we left behind.
2: <laughs> Stan Stan, you have done it, my friend. That's it. Well done. That's fantastic. That's the theme song. That's the theme song. We've been working at this forever. Forever. We've had knockdown, drag-out fights about it. And Stan, yeah, you nailed it. You knocked it out of the park, my friend. That is fantastic. Thank you very, very much. That will be our theme song, I hope, for quite a long time. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, welcome officially to Panel Riot 50. I can't believe it. I'm so thrilled and I'm so excited for this. Um, and it's, it's, a, it's an extravaganza. It's a celebration. Uh, it's, it's a reunion of all the guests that have ever been on the show. They're not reunioning with each other. They're reunioning with me and with you, the listener. Um, I went and I interviewed every guest that I've had on the show in the first 15 episodes, plus a few. Um, And... It turns out I've had 13 people on the show before, <laughs> and uh, and I got all of them, I got absolutely all of them, every one of them uh, did not let me down, and they they returned, they, they met with me for lunches, they uh, 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 indulged my calling them over Google Hangout and everything like that, and they all answered a very, I don't want to say, let's say it's a deceptively simple question. What makes a good comic now i don't want to bury the lead, but there's a lot of good answers here i've had some brilliant people on my show before, not some all everyone who's been on my show clearly brilliant individuals they're all wonderful, and I love them each equally um, but i got a i was I was kind of surprised at the number of answers that were different, and I was also very surprised at the overlap in some of the answers. Um, And as for me, my answer, well, you'll have to wait till the end of the show because... It's my show, and I can put my interview wherever I want. <laughs> frankly, um, but uh, you will be hearing more from me. Of course, you'll hear me on all the interviews. Now, like I said, these interviews were recorded: some over Google Hangouts, some, uh, some in person, some in people's homes, and uh, and and a, at least one, at least one that I can think of in a restaurant that was actually busy. I've done my best to clean up the audio, but. You know the deal, folks. It's going to be all over the place tonight, so be prepared. Um, and I'm also going to talk to you about some of our sponsors. This is going to be a, a very different episode um, because uh, I'm not going to try to stick to the to the time format, and, uh, and we're going to have a few sponsor breaks. I'm going to have commercials from all of my sponsors, uh, and I'm going to talk to you as to why they're sponsoring the show. Because the fact of the matter is... Um, all of the people who choose to support this show, uh, whether it's putting their good name on it or or supporting it financially or, or just talking to me and giving me ideas for it, it, it means so much to me that uh, people would encourage this Madness <laughs> that I'm doing this, um, this sitting in front of my computer and, and talking into a microphone and, and producing it for, for people to listen to, and, and that people they want to hear me interview people and they want to hear me talk about comic books. That's incredible to me. People want to hear me talk about comic books. What? I have, the, I have this thought experiment um, that I, I like to do from time to time, just kind of to check in where I'm at in my life. And it's, I think about a 10-year-old version of myself. And if he met me today, what would he think of me? What in my life would he think is really cool? And what things would he, you know, uh, think is weird? And first off, he would love my cat because... I mean who wouldn't really um and uh, and second off I think he would be floored that this thing that I've I've loved my entire life comics um people people are supporting me and people are are encouraging me to talk about it on the internet and share it with other people and it's it's amazing and and he'd probably also kind of be amazed by the internet i'd tell him about it and he'd be like oh yeah that makes total sense of course of course that's what's going to happen uh, uh do your phone still have buttons um because i was a futurist but i didn't know how to build anything so that's, that's neither here nor there um so uh, let's get right into it. Let's get into these interviews here. First up, uh, let's, let's, let's take a look. Let's just look into this giant folder of interviews that I have here um, on my hard drive. First up is, you know what, we're going to go with Corey. We're going to go with uh, Corey Milbert. And uh, we're, we're kicking it off with him. He is a future guest of the show. But um, you've heard him without knowing because uh, he and I share a lot of opinions and um, a lot of tastes. And um, he h- helps me and encourages me with the show. He's one of those people that that gives me ideas. And, and um, when I Earlier on in the show, I was, I was really blocked um, at one point, and I talked to him about it, and he, he's great for getting me through creative block. Um, same with the, the comic I'm writing. He, he helped me out tremendously with that when I thought I was doomed. So um, anyway, without further ado, here is uh, Corey's interview, and uh, I'll be back right after that. Um, uh, I'm sitting down with Corey Milbert. Uh, he's a future guest of the podcast and, uh, Corey reads more sci-fi comics than anyone that I know. And, uh, and he has excellent taste in them. So, uh, in the future, we're going to talk sci-fi, sci-fi comics. But in
5: the meantime, Corey. Yes. Tell me what makes a good comic. Hi. In your opinion. In my opinion, there's there's one big thing that makes a good comic, and it's a basic understanding of how of people's emotions, um, and being able to communicate that through the comic, and make you feel a little bit of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, why the comics that you really like? Why do you read the comics that you like? Uh, like, is there a common trait? Yes. One um, of the common traits is uh, being able to surprise me. I find myself trying to guess where stories go, and when I'm right, I'm really disappointed. Mm -hmm. I know what you mean. I've been watching
2: Fringe lately, and I have no idea what's happening. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I do, but I don't.
5: Um, You were telling me about, like, Descender. Yes. About how Descender keeps surprising you. Yeah, actually, sender surprises me every single issue, multiple times an issue. <laughs> and almost to the point where I'm scared that they're going to, they're not going to be able to do it anymore. Mm-hmm. That it, They're just going to run out of big surprises or big reveals. But it doesn't seem to be going that way so far. There's seven issues in, and
4: right.
5: it's been nothing but excitement. Cool. Um, so where can the people find you on the internet? You can't. You
2: can't. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, folks. First person to find Corey on the Internet uh, wins nothing. Just the satisfaction of finding a hidden <laughs> person on the Internet. Uh, Corey, thank you for joining us, and we'll see you on a future episode. Yes, absolutely. Fantastic. And that was Corey. And as I mentioned, uh, he will be joining us in the very near future, in the not-too-distant future. Um to talk about science fiction comics, which is something I've I've sorely overlooked uh, on this podcast, and I apologize. I owe you better than that. Well, I guess it depends on your definition of of science fiction. I mean, we talked a little bit about Star Wars and stuff like that, but I feel like I'm holding off on on some of the really, really um, you know more sci-fi comics like uh, like Saga. That's kind of a sci-fi fantasy. That Saga is a whole. Months worth of episodes, I could just interview a million people about that and 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 talk endlessly about how good saga is and why um but then there's like descender and there's um uh uh, uh Lazarus which I read and Cory reads black science and, and anyway, just look forward uh look forward to that episode uh next up. Um, we are going to hear an interview from Ellen Hemmington. Ellen Hemington, my, uh, my partner in crime, she is uh, uh, someone I'm working on a super sort of secret comic project with, yes? And um, she was on the episode uh, before, we talked about furries, and uh, I can't wait to have her on again with a better audio setup, so <laughs> so you guys can in, uh, enjoy the episode more. So uh, let's get to it. Here is Ellen Ellen, welcome back to the show.
6: Thank you very much, Will.
2: Ellen, tell me, because I have a question for you. Okay. What makes a good comic?
6: Well, Will, I'm glad you asked. Let me get my prepared stance. <laughs> 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 all right. Hey.
2: She's had speechwriters working on this all month.
6: All month. Yeah. All right. So first let me start by saying that you need to keep in mind that good is subjective here. So I might think a comic's good, and you might think it's terrible, and both are very valid opinions, and that's part of what goes into my judgment. Um, There's also many aspects of comic books that you can pick apart. You can pick apart the plot and the characters, the style of the art, the tone of the writing, anything like that. But I really think that what makes a good comic is what you take away from it. So uh, I believe for a comic to be considered good, that it needs to impart an overarching positivity on the reader. Uh, it can be- well said. <laughs> uh, you can take anything away from a good comic, it, be it like humor. It can be a humorous comic. It can be an emotional comic. It can make you cry. It can make you gasp. Um, you can take away an appreciation for the art in the comic. There are some fantastic artists out there doing it nowadays uh, and in the past. You can also take away life lessons or morals from good comics and good comics can also make you look at things differently now uh, I know that some comics are very dark and you could probably say that they don't affect you positively but I think that if a book makes you really stop and think and maybe even makes you question something that you didn't before I consider it a positive influence it's a net gain really if you will. Um, and another thing with good comics is that after reading a good comic i find myself rereading it in my mind days after i've already picked it up and gone through it Uh, then i will sometimes go back and reread it and i'll share it with anyone who is willing to take it off my hands And then I'll pester my friend Will into letting me rave about it on his podcast. (laughs) I just, I put it out there because I enjoyed it so much. Sometimes I'll read strips in a newspaper and the comic strip will make me smile. And then I put down the paper and I go about my day. But in the end, I still enjoyed that strip, even for a moment. So really, what a comic gives you, what you take from a comic, is what determines whether or not it's good to me. Um, and if a comic succeeds in hitting more than one of those marks, if it makes you laugh and then cry, and the pictures are pretty, and you set it down with a better understanding of life and love, then it's a great comic.
2: Awesome. Uh, I, I have a question for you, though, about something that you said. What, uh, you mentioned reading comic strips in newspapers. What's your favorite?
6: Fox Foxtrot? Foxtrot. Foxtrot. Hands down, has always been my favorite comic, Foxtrot. In fact, there's one that I have on my fridge that I've had on there for years. I used to work at a pet store, and my position at the pet store was taking care of the fish. And there's a Foxtrot comic where it shows a tank with a bunch of guppies, and it says right on the tank, baby guppies. And then the next panel, it says angelfish and there's a bunch of little angelfish swimming in the tank and then the next panel for like the next four panels it just has a tank of fish and the label and then there's a panel with an empty tank that says baby kraken <laughs> and then it's Jason and his best friend Marcus standing in front of the tank and Jason's freaking out going they're always sold out <laughs> and Marcus is thinking to himself or saying to uh, Jason you don't think the pet store is messing with us do you? <laughs> and that was the funniest thing to me and from that moment on, all I ever wanted to do at the store whenever we had an empty tank was write Baby Kraken on it.
4: <laughs>
6: and, you know, it's comics that are good connect with you. Mm-hmm. That's that's what that did. It was one simple, silly strip that probably didn't mean much to anyone except for people that like fish. <laughs> but it was great.
2: And that's on your fridge currently, actually.
6: Yeah, and <laughs> it's been on my fridge for years.
2: Nice. Um, So uh, uh, where can people find you on the Internet?
6: Oh, yes, things have changed uh, since I last spoke to you. I now have a website. It is www.coyotitude.com, which is C-O-Y-O-T-I-T-U-D-E, which sounded way cooler when I originally thought it up because it was Coyote Attitude, and now it sounds really terrible and hard to remember. (laughs) But my Twitter handle has also changed to just at Coyotitude.
2: Fantastic, uh, Ellen. Thank you for joining us, and we'll see you on a future episode. All
6: right, thanks, Will. Cool.
2: A sincere thank you to Ellen, and I actually didn't mention this in the interview. Uh, Ellen is one of our Patreon supporters, and um, I'm gonna I'm gonna be talking about them as well because they are also sponsors of the show. Uh, Ellen is um, our newest Patreon supporter, and it, it just means the world to me. I, I mentioned this before that people. People give me money to do this. It's incredible. Hopefully, um, uh, if I can, you know, get maybe just a couple more, I can actually support um, the, the, the website can pay for itself. Um, I, I, I own the .com now. I'd like to eventually switch to something like Squarespace. Um, but, uh, you know, money. Money's a thing. But, interestingly enough, there is a new panel riot.com. It already exists. It's available right now. If you go to PanelRiot.com, the same beautiful URL that you've always visited, there is an all-new, all-different Panel Riot there for your consumption. New graphics, new information. There's going to be new posts going up as often as I do the show and decide to write about comic books. But, hey, that's something new as well. I'm going to be writing about comic books. Uh, whenever the, the, the fire lights under me and I, and I get a wild hair up my hinder, I'm, uh, I'm going to go over to panelriot.com, and I'm going to write articles about comic books. Um, so go and check it out. Go and check it out now. You might already be there. You might be listening to this on panelriot.com, as we do still have our most recent episode page, uh, it, it works exactly the same way. It's an embedded browser player, and uh, you are encouraged to go and check that out. If you if you don't want to listen on your on your smart device or or. You just don't trust them. Um, it, it is available at PanelRiot.com, so, uh, so go and check that out. Next up, we are going to switch gears slightly, and uh, we're going to revisit one of our most popular guests and one of our most famous guests, Vertigo Comics writer Asher Powell. She took time out of her busy schedule as a newly crowned comic superstar uh, to, to uh, join me on Google Hangout and answer the question. And uh, I'm, I'm eternally grateful for her, uh, for her taking the time to to work with us and and indulge me on my little podcast here. And uh, I, I like I, I said this before, and I'll say it again: uh, you're going to see great things from her in the future. So here is uh, Asher's interview. All right, folks, uh, we're here with uh, Asher Powell, uh, writer for Vertigo Comics. How's it going?
0: Good, good. How are you?
2: fantastic uh this is the we're on the 50th episode which i am amazed that i made it to um so uh we're we're bringing everybody who has been on the show before on the show again to ask uh the biggest of questions what do you feel makes a good comic
0: well first of all congratulations on 50 episodes that's big thank you very Uh, much thank you and i'm gonna have to say uh to me what makes a comic great? I mean, there's so many different elements, really, that that are needed, right, in order for us to, to have something that's just kind of, um, you know, your your Eisners and stuff like that. Your the art, the the creative team, even you know, even the color can affect the way you you read a comic and the way that you you take in the story. But I mean if you if you want to distill it down and talk about what what really makes a comic great like and it's just pure essence mm-hmm. it's going to be the character driven story right your character who who has a problem and you see them evolve and change and and you know either problem solve or or you know be be forced to make decisions um throughout the story and um i mean i feel like all of the all of the great stories in comics at their very core have amazing character driven character driven stories Um, and they have amazing characters and uh so yeah that's that's what i would i would say makes a really great comic
2: fantastic cool Well, uh, thank you for sharing that with us. Um, and, uh, what are you up to nowadays? Is there anything you want to plug?
0: Uh, I'm working on some anthologies and some other things that I can't quite announce yet, but yeah, hopefully, uh, you'll see more of me.
2: Fantastic. And, uh, anytime you put out a project, we will, we are happy to promote it here on panel riot.
0: All right. Thanks so
2: much. Cool. Thanks. Uh, folks stick around for more interviews and, uh, more panel riot after this. Fantastic! I still can't believe uh, we got Asher Powell on the podcast. Um, Her career is just starting out, and you are going to see amazing things from her in the future, Um, and I'm I'm glad that I'm getting in on the ground floor, that we're getting in on the ground floor, and uh, I can truly, truly, when I talk about her, say, oh, you mean friend of the show, Asher Powell? I interviewed her. Uh, She's amazing, and... I've got the episode to prove it, um, folks. We are going to have a word from our sponsor, and let's see. Let's let's go to a uh, uh, folder here. Um, I've got all my files organized on my computer, and I have a file called commercials. A Little peek behind the curtain here, commercials, and these commercials are, of course, for um, the the businesses and the companies that advertise here on Panel Riot. As you know, if you are an avid listener, you know that we've got um, we've we've got sponsors in Sorgatron Media, um, Metamorphosis, aka SpaPGH.com, and of course, the Petri family, the family that took time to bring you good wine, and that's who I would like to talk to you about now. Um, The Petri family is a, it's an interesting case. Um, There used to be these Sherlock Holmes radio plays uh, back in the, I don't know, forever ago. I, 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 Forties maybe, um, and it was it was Basil Rathbone and Nigel Bruce, and they were uh, they they of course played uh, Holmes and Watson in the films, and uh, and then they reprised those roles on the audio productions, and it was wonderful, absolutely wonderful, so so well done and fascinating and, and well produced and everything like that, um, and uh, and well written. I don't think they were all original Arthur Conan Doyle storylines. I believe some of them were like in the style of Arthur Conan Doyle. Uh, I'm not sure. But either way, they were were very good and and very interesting. And um, there were these advertisements in the episodes for Petri Wine. And I always thought they were very fascinating because they're very clearly advertisements from another time. These are commercials from another era where, let's say they were less subtle. Slightly less subtle, um, I think that's yeah, yeah, you've heard the commercials they're they're they're, they're very similar commercials and, and the reason for that is um when I started this podcast i I thought about um the, the kind of ads that you would find in a comic, uh, like a golden age comic, the, you know, the get buff in a weekend and, um, you know, get a metal detector or have sea monkeys or, or buy a thumb monkey. I saw one where you can buy a monkey that clings to your thumb and it's supposed to be alive and real. I don't believe it for a second, but I mean, hey, I could be wrong uh, because the fact of the matter is I wanted something similar to that. And these commercials really reminded me of that. So I approached the Petri Wine Family, the, well, the 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 Petri Wine Company, no longer exists. Uh, I believe it's owned by Trader Joe's, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and, uh, and and I want to thank uh, <laughs> both Zach and Meredith Staten for doing the research and finding that out for me, um, who owns the vineyards. But the Petri family is still alive and well, and uh, and they're you know doing their fine works elsewhere in the world. So I contacted them, and I said. Um, I, I have this podcast, and your commercials are exactly what, what the kind of thing I'm looking for, and uh, and they they're on board. They 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 thought this is just the thing to bring us into the uh, the current century. What is this, twenty second, twenty first? Who knows or cares? Um, they were on board. Is is the point? And they they wanted to put their full and terrible power behind me. Um, to produce this podcast about comic books they saw my vision and they shared it and as a result we have these commercials here on here on panel riot and you may have noticed if you follow us on twitter at panel riot they use our twitter account from time to time they they use at panel riot and um if Stan and I are getting into a, a little spat on Twitter or or Stan is antagonizing someone like Riz or Chachi or, or whoever, um, they will step in and, and try to calm things down. And, and to be completely honest, I mean, that's a little bit more power than I was hoping to hand over to this company. I mean, they're just, just an advertiser. I, I wasn't comfortable with them using my Twitter account. But um, the good news there is I finally convinced them to start their own social media team it's been a long time coming but they finally did it they finally uh got the ball ball rolling and allocated some funds and some some human style resources and they have their own twitter account you can follow them today right now uh, at petri wine p-e-t-r-i-w-i-n-e that's the petri family the family that took time to bring you good wine now I don't know what they're going to tweet about, but we're going to find out, and we're going to find out together because I am proud to advertise Petri Wine on my show. In that vein, we are going to go to a Petri Wine commercial, and then after that, I actually have more Petri Wine news, if you can believe it. So, Petri Wine, and we'll be right back.
7: Petri family, the family that took time to bring you good wine, invites you to learn something that you might share with your friends. And that something is a glass of sherry before dinner. Naturally, a glass of Petri California sherry. I say Petri sherry because it's the perfect before-dinner wine. You couldn't think of a better way to begin a meal. At Petri sherry has a beautiful, inviting color like, like dark amber. And for flavor, Well, you've heard sherry described many times as having a rich, nut-like flavor. But if you want to learn for the first time what those words rich and nut-like really mean, you just taste Petri Sherry. It's wonderful. Serve Petri Sherry by itself, or serve it with hors d'oeuvres, or those little cocktail sandwiches. And incidentally, if you prefer your sherry dry, you know, not sweet, just ask your wine merchant for Petri Pale Dry Sherry. Well, the important thing to remember is if you want sherry, you want Petri sherry, because that means good sherry.
2: See what I mean? Those commercials are amazing, and they, they invoke this, this comfort and warmth, and, and, and the same. Odd feeling that you get reading commercials in, uh, or reading commercials, reading advertisements in comics. It, it really is remarkable, and um, I'm very happy to have them here on the podcast and now on Twitter at Petri Wine. It, it's wonderful that they're uh, they're joining us, and um, they're they're so pleased that I've reached fifty episodes that in the future we will be receiving brand new petri wine advertisements these are um uh have not been heard anywhere at all they're brand new uh recorded specifically for this podcast so keep an ear out for those uh brand new petri wine commercials thanks to the petri family the family that took time to bring you good wine uh and took time to bring you this episode episode 50 of panel riot man what a delight! What a what a just fantastic time uh, that this is that we're doing here. It's happening. We're doing it. Ah, just like um. Oh, I shouldn't. I shouldn't have started that sentence. Mm-mm, nope. Timothy Dalton. <laughs> just like Timothy Dalton and James Bond, we were doing it. Whatever. Um. All right. So next up, we are gonna have uh another one of our interviews. Obviously, that's what this show is this week. And uh, this one is a a longer answer. I got into a bit of a conversation with a Mr. Jack Bunja. You may be familiar with Jack Bunja as the DC supporter. Uh, He's been on the show a couple of times. And He joined us to answer the question. We got into a bit of a discussion, and uh, there's something else fascinating I found about this question. Some people could answer it right off the bat. One sentence, minute and a half, done. Other people had more to say on the matter. Other people, honestly, a few people said, I can't answer this right now. You have to let me think about it. So, um like I said all kinds of answers but Jack I think his answer was absolutely fantastic and we did get into a bit of into a bit of a discussion uh and I look forward to expanding on that and having him back on the show so without further ado here is Jack Bunja Alright guys, uh, we're uh, chugging right along here on the big Panel Riot 50, 50th episode and uh, as you know, we are inviting our guests to return, to return and uh, thankfully this man cut out a slice of his busy schedule to join us um, to uh, answer the question, the big question Jack Bunja, tell me, what makes a good comic?
1: Well, hi Will, great to be back. Um, so Thank
2: you for joining us.
1: Yeah, my pleasure. So my answer is uh, kind of twofold because when I thought about this, I thought what makes a good comic book single issue? And then the real popular thing in comic books, I guess it's always been popular, but especially lately is what makes a good comic book arc? Mm-hmm. Cause to me, I think they're wholly simply different. Um, you can have a really good single issue of a comic book and you can have a really good comic book arc arc without necessarily having any spectacular issues within it. Okay. So I think, personally, for me, what makes a good comic book is if I get through the comic book and I don't skip any frames, if that makes sense. Yeah. So for yeah. me, it's the pacing of the dialogue. So if the pacing of the dialogue and the art seem to go together seamlessly, to me, that's what makes a very good issue. Um, a good comic book, to me, means it's paced well, the action goes very quickly. Um, you don't have a lot of uh, introspection by the, the characters within the comic. So, in other words, they're not necessarily only talking about the, what's in their brain. And, and, and they're also not only talking, you know, dialogue with it. There's a balance between both. So, okay. a, a, a spectacular comic book for me is one that I get to the end <laughs> and I'm, hunger, I'm hungry for like 15 more pages. <laughs> you know, like it, it went fast. Like I don't realize the time passed and, and there are issues of comics that I will pick up. And I am very aware of how much time is passing while I'm taking the time to get through it. Right, Either yeah. Because there's so much dialogue on a page. Um, there's a lot of text talking about um, uh, setting up stories and going from place, place to place. A lot of internal dialogue with characters and not enough. You know, you have to you have to kind of mix it. Um, it's just like any other form of entertainment. It's a, it's a balance between um, story movement and, and crisp dialogue.
4: Okay. Um,
1: you know, and to me, there's, there's only so many people that are really, really good at that. And, uh, and I think a lot of times, I think that's what uh, uh, something being Whedon-esque means to me. <laughs> it means that the dialogue is crisp, it's quick, it's witty, but it still moves along a bigger storyline, maybe while resolving an immediate issue. So, so to me, that's what makes a good comic book. Now, the second part is what makes a good comic book arc. Well, obviously the dialogue thing is important regardless, right? I mean, you need a good arc that has good dialogue. So now we're getting into storytelling because I think there's a difference between telling a big picture story and an individual story within a single issue. And for me, what makes a good comic book arc is when you take a villain and you make motivations Mm -hmm. which are unique and have, you know, more than a black and white um, reasoning for why they're doing it. Okay. Um, So if, you know, you have, you know, uh, you take a look at at, at Thanos and his motivations for why he does anything. It's Mm -hmm. because he is in love with death, like literally in love with death.
4: Right. it's
1: It's not, you know, like I love killing people like a mass murderer. no. He's in love with this entity that is death, and he will do anything to appease her. Mm-hmm. While he also has a super ego that he's trying to, to deal with, and you know, has many. but uh, um. But for me, you know, it's having that that bigger story with great you still there motivations.
2: Yeah. yeah okay. Um,
1: and then the other side of it for me, what makes a great arc, and we're talking like a two or three issue arc, is when you take a character that is seldom heard of or seldom thought of that is technically throwaway. And you flip that character on its head and you make the motivations and the ability of that character, something that is formidable for a seemingly superior foe. Okay, Batman is great for that. Hmm. I mean, hush, um, the uh, bloom, which is the latest guy that's in there. I mean, they, none of them are like Bane. They're not, um, over the top going to, grab him and just beat the crap out of him kind of characters. These are cerebral, um, very uh, deliberate on their, 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 their intent and, and very, you know, intricate um, plots and plans that, that foil said superhero. So it, it's, and to me, sometimes the, the, the interesting thought is that, and, and I think it goes to all of us. If you think about it, some of the most powerful villains in, in all the universes their greatest enemies tend to be human.
2: That's true. Huh.
1: So, yeah. to me, it's because I think that that one humans are scary, and two, <laughs> um, it, it's it's a lot of times how do you you fight brawn. Well, kids, you don't always win brawn versus brawn. You have to have a little bit of brains to go along with it. So, it's manipulating situations and it's being smarter and, and thinking you know, through problems. Not that I want kids to turn out to be super villains, but you know, <laughs> just saying.
2: Well, may not be the worst thing.
1: <laughs> <laughs> At least they're trying. Yeah, you know, yeah. you only can hit a kid in the head with a soccer ball so many times. <laughs> <laughs> Takes over a multi-million-dollar corporation.
4: Yeah,
2: you know, Whatever. as long as he's not playing football, everybody wins. <laughs> 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 so so
4: that
1: that's my that's the differences between the two for me. Those are what the um why I what I think makes a good book and what I think makes a good arc. I've read some really good books and some really crappy arcs. So yeah. Um it's it's just they it just sometimes you can just tell when people get into a groove or they're they're writing dialogue for situations which they have a really good grasp of, I think, is is sometimes that i i i'm not that i'm saying what they're doing is easy because man uh can you imagine trying to we're going to write some dialogue for people in space mm-hmm. okay imagine you're in space no you know it's, it's it's hard because environment should dictate how some conversations go and right, experience yeah. Yeah. you know so that's why i think it takes a few books usually for a new writer to step in and get the groove because you got to completely understand the motivations of the character and we're not all method actors. Right. So I think for a writer, it takes a little bit of time to really get the feeling of what the character is that they're trying to write about. Mm -hmm. So it, it it takes time. But yeah, you know, not everything to me also has to be like super world ending. Right.
2: Right. Yeah. So, yeah, I think that that might've been part of the appeal of Hawkeye because Hawkeye was so, like, small-scale and personal and, and character-driven, you know?
4: Yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. Well, it makes sense. I, I think some of those character-driven arcs are really important. I think that's really why us uber-nerds really love John Constantine. <laughs> because, I mean, he's a sorcerer, I suppose, but that's a power kind of anybody can have, right? He's if you not write, a sorcerer. Yeah,
4: if yeah he's, not...
1: Enough. Right. he's not a sorcerer supreme. Mm-hmm you know get you get past the flawed thing you know where everybody has to be flawed with an inner demon and 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 you know fighting you know an internal battle all the time you mm-hmm. get past that that general malaise of everybody's dark on the inside thing and it's just you know it's it, it's a dude that's trying not to die when fighting things that are bigger and worse than he is
3: mm-hmm. you know
1: so it, I, I, that's the other thing I think that really makes for me characters interesting is the real threat of death. Hmm. Interesting. Just because, I mean, what's going to kill Superman?
2: Right. Well, some things, but.
8: Well, right. That's, that's very...
2: well. Well, I no, I I will say that the new Superman, where he's more susceptible to being killed, is I I. I'm the most interested in that I've ever been.
1: I guess, but I here's the problem I, I have with the latest way Superman's been written. Mm-hmm. He's been written as a brat, uh,
2: young Superman, like the yeah. the powerless Superman.
1: Yeah, well, the powerless. There, even leading up to this point, where he was with you know Wonder Woman, and they had the whole relationship, and he was kind of an egomaniac a little bit.
2: Yeah, that's true.
1: I mean, he's been written with a bit of an ego, which, to me, I—it's not that I'm a purist, right? But if I, I'm going to sound old, so <laughs> if a point of a comic is what we're teaching kids, right? If this mm-hmm. is if this is a, a a mechanism by which you could actually teach kids something about being a grown up. Superman is an example of of, nat- of nurture versus nature, correct?
2: Uh, Yes. Yeah, I think so.
1: Ultimately, it's always been portrayed that way. Because mm-hmm. everybody from his planet, his cousin aside, has been a dick. Right, yeah. So, to me, that's, you know, they've always said Kryptonians were egotistical, blah, 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 mm-hmm. in their dialogue. But Superman was raised by the Kents and therefore been, you know... And that's why Batman and Superman worked, because it's nature versus nurture. Mm -hmm. They were both abandoned by their parents. One was picked up by another loving family. The other went and hid in a cave.
2: Right, yeah.
1: You know, so Batman's kind of flawed. They both do good. They just come from different angles. Mm -hmm. So, you know, nature versus nurture. Well, why does Superman have to be an egotistical maniac when he was raised by Ma and Pa Kent?
2: I agree. I agree. I kind of, I understand why they're, um, they're moving in this direction because, you know, they're trying to update him and make his character different and and edgier. Why does it have to be different? Because kids. Well, because all kids are brats. Because uh, I, I... remember having this conversation with someone the other day that comics and and movies and things like that they're not interested in the people who they're they're like politicians they're not interested in the people who know what they're going to buy or who they're going to vote for they're looking for the undecided people and that's who they're trying to convince that's what all the campaigning is for i don't think it's good i think it loses sight of you know what what they're trying to do but
1: uh, uh... I guess I see that. I guess you want a new market. But mm-hmm. if you want a new market, I i don't know. What's Marvel done? You know how they got a new market? They went and made really pretty big movies.
2: Yeah, really good movies.
1: They're not even saying they're good. As no, far I'm as sure. movie theater goes.
2: Ant- Ant-Man aside, they're real good.
1: No. I. I even mean, Ant-Man was uh, all right. But, but no, seriously though. Look at as far as what you expect from a movie. That mm-hmm. It is as paint by numbers as you can do.
4: <laughs> it's
1: just pretty, mm-hmm. right? I mean, if you think of the, 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 if you outlined, if you outlined a Marvel movie and outlined the script, you know what I mean, the story, plotted out the story,
4: mm-hmm.
1: outline and held it up, would anybody look at that movie and say, oh, that's any good? Especially if you sanitized it so you didn't realize it was, you know, superheroes or who we're talking about. hmm
2: would well, you I mean, look at
1: it and say that's a good movie?
2: I've had the discussion with a uh, with friend of the show, Bobby F. J. Town, before that uh, Avengers Alliance is a terrible game. But because it's Marvel characters, people are addicted to it. People yeah. are interested.
1: And I would dare say that the Marvel movies, you know, kids love it because it's pretty and big, right? Mm-hmm. It's, it's the same reason why a lot of these horrible movies exist at all. Like, why is there seven transformers? Because things go boom,
2: right? right? Yeah, but you can't compare transformers to. But the but Marvel hold on, movies. the, the I reason mean, that the Marvel movie... a real jaded view of uh, yeah. the Marvel no. movies. Uh,
1: hold on, the reason the Marvel movies work is not because of what's there; it's because what they allude to is there being there.
2: More talk more about that. So
1: for <laughs> you and I. <laughs> <laughs> for for you and I, when we watch a Marvel movie, we're watching for the Easter eggs. We are watching for them to mention Wakanda. We are watching for them to talk about, oh, that character becomes blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, Bruce Banner's talking about his therapist. That therapist becomes, you know, another Hulk. You know, or you're talking about these other characters That will become something else someday if they want to even go that route, Mm -hmm. you know. You Mm -hmm. can talk about the defenders in a Marvel movie. You never have to show them. That's why you and I love them because they're alluding to all that geeky detail and a bigger universe that we've always wanted to see, Mm -hmm. right? Why did our minds get blown with the new video games as soon as they have free play? Right. Wait,
2: which new video?
1: any new video game that has free play, like you have to figure free play has come only been around for what, maybe 10 years mm-hmm. where you can just explore a city. And even then not all the video games have it. Oh,
4: so you I'll look hear.
1: at like the Batman Arkham Asylum, it's one thing when you're navigated and only allowed to go in the, in the way that solves the problems to, you know, whip, defeat the game. Mm-hmm. It's another thing when you can go free play and explore all these nooks and crannies of Gotham city and even come across characters that you don't even engage with. But it's the Easter eggs of it. And we all get excited. Mm -hmm. Look how crazy we went whenever the satellite in the first Superman, the the last Superman movie, was uh, Wayne Industries.
2: Well, that was because that was the only good part of that movie. (laughs) Uh,
1: (laughs) All right, bad example.
2: Yeah. But, you know,
1: when they mentioned Wakanda. I'll
2: agree agree with you to a certain level that the Easter eggs are gravy you know what I mean they're fantastic but that's not the only reason I'm watching the movie I mean I also want to see the Hulk punch things and Iron Man shoot at stuff and Black Widow do cool stuff you know what I mean
1: but we as uber nerds would tear it apart more willingly if it wasn't for the uh, intelligent easter eggs Mm. the super fan easter eggs Mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying like if you I, up... I kind
2: of understand. It's like saying that a James Bond movie is better than a uh, um, Mission Impossible movie because it's James Bond.
1: Right. You know, you add in the... Because, you know, honestly, for comics, we've been waiting how many years to get these things in film? Yeah, right. The good ones. I mean, we've gotten a few in the, in the meantime, but good mm-hmm. ones. You know, it's whenever they allude to it. And then you have these single standalone films and you look at, like, the Blade stuff. Blade was good, right? The first two were pretty good movies. Yes. Overall. Yes. How imagine what they would have been like if Blade was taking place in the same universe that Avengers was going on in. Mm-hmm. Or any of the Spider-Mans.
2: Hey, that remains to be seen. They could still reach back and tie that in.
1: They could. and But the thing is, that takes it to another level. Mm-hmm. It takes it all to another level. Because... For, I mean, I think that's one of the things that makes it really difficult for d c folks um, and Dean being one of them is the fact that we're getting these great television shows right mm-hmm. and wait who is now uh, what's who is the d c folks
2: oh are hey, you flash dude oh
7: flash the flash
1: is good I'll give you flash you'll give me flash'll i flash. take flash <laughs> that's really what I'm going to say because the other Arrow has the she who
2: shall not be named. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah. I always forget that you hate her so much.
3: <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, she's worth hating.
1: Ooh, I'm going to say witty stuff over the, over the intercom to Arrow while he's fighting crime. <laughs> Ooh, I have comic it's a, relief.
2: It's a whole Look other episode. It's a whole other episode.
1: <laughs> anyway, so, but I mean, The Flash, we get The Flash, and I really enjoyed that show. I am never going to see that person who's playing the Flash be in the same movie.
4: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true.
1: That's BS. It's BS. Yeah. you've got me to buy in, and now you're going to give me a different character than going we compare and contrast. It's like having two Quicksilvers in the mm-hmm. movie universes. That uh, just annoys me.
2: Yeah, yeah, me too.
1: And, and you, you killed one.
2: Mm-hmm. But and I mean, now the other
1: is going to face Apocalypse?
2: Are at you least me? they have an excuse for it.
1: Yes, yes, they do, they do, they do. Uh, you know, it, it's a very lame excuse seeing as they bought Spider-Man but refused to pay for B-team Marvel characters.
8: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Whatever,
1: whatever. I enjoy Quicksilver. <laughs> and, and actually, Magneto, if, if Magneto's a big deal to your universe, and I'm a big Michael Fossbender fan, right? Mm-hmm. And, and, and if you wanted to bring him into the Avengers universe, Fossbender, as Magneto, I'm all for it could use the explanation that the magnetism powers have flowed his aging as part of his mutation, right? Sure, sure, yeah. So, I mean, that's what they did in the comics. So, if you did that, I'm cool with it. Mm-hmm. I'd be on board with it. But if you're going to give me another Magneto, I can tell you where to go. And that's <laughs> in the same hole with Felicity and Arrow.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
1: You know, that's, that, you can't make me get emotionally attached to these characters.
2: Yeah. well, And then
1: take uh take them away from
2: me true yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, it's it's the the it's the age-old dispute of you know comic books are art but they're also business you know what i mean yeah. and it's a delicate balance between the two but, yeah, but... anyway i i feel that we uh, have gotten a bit off track here <laughs> yes
4: no
1: well i guess my but... thing is what makes a good comic book and what makes a good movie tend to go hand in hand especially when you talk comic book art
4: Because when the dialogue
1: goes and you get the right amount mix of action with the right amount of character development, the two actually go hand in hand at the Mm -hmm. same time. Because it is entertainment.
2: Yeah, that's true. And everything everything you said about uh, dialogue and character and pacing could be said about the films as well.
1: Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. There's a little bit difference because I think the dialogue, the written dialogue is more important than in uh, comic books and in a movie because delivery plays a role too. Mm Mm-hmm. And because the emotion that's conveyed with the eyes in a movie, it's kind of hard to do in two dimensions as much. Even if you draw someone really well, um, it's a big difference between someone crying on film and crying in a comic. So, right. And, right, and right. I think that's the case. Now, now, my wife will say many other different things, but I think you know the biggest thing is the portrayal of, I think there's still a lot of room for the portrayal of real life, diversity issues Mm -hmm. in comics yet
2: yeah absolutely
1: Uh, uh, they've tried
2: i I like that they're moving in that direction
1: yes agreed 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 and and but that's the thing is you're never going to catch me say that what makes a really good comic book art is tying in real world problems right yeah Yeah. in my opinion inferring is important you can teach me a lesson without directly trying to teach me a lesson about the specific thing Using the specific thing that you're trying to teach me as the example.
2: So,
4: okay.
1: Anyway, now I've given you entirely too much. Right. Cut <laughs> all of that out.
2: No, 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 no. I think that was a, that was an excellent answer. Uh, but I do have one more question for you. Uh, if yes. people would like to find uh, more of you on the internet, where is that available?
1: Well, with my head blocked off or my head intact. What? <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> um, more of me on the internet. You can. I am Jackson Lewis uh, on Twitter, mm-hmm. I believe. I, I barely use Twitter, or I have my blog, and that's bungeejumping.com. dot com. Mm-hmm. It's at Blogspot. Yeah. But that blog. Bungeejumping. I'm pretty sure bungeejumping. If you Google that, that's pretty much. I'm the only thing that's going to come up.
2: Right. I'm fairly yeah.
1: confident in that.
2: I think that's a safe bet.
1: Yeah, and if it's not the only thing that comes up, don't click on it.
2: Right? Yeah, because it's not—it's probably filthier than you expect. <laughs> yeah, probably. So, uh, thank you so much for having me. Yes, thank really? you for joining us, and uh, and obviously we need to have you again on a future episode so we can talk more about. Uh, you know what?
1: I want, I want, I want Mad Mike. Bring him. Oh, I want him to explain to me why Felicity even needs to be in oh, IRL Oh jeez. <laughs> You hear that?
2: I do hear bring that. It.
1: You find his best friend that likes Felicity and you bring it. My wife and I will go one-on-one with each. It's a tag team affair.
2: Maybe maybe down the line we'll do a special episode where you guys go head-to-head.
1: Bring it, Mike. Explain <laughs> to me why her monochromatic performances matter to you. <laughs>
2: Well, folks, uh, watch. Keep an eye out for that uh, on a future episode of Panel Riot. And uh, Jack, thank you very much for joining us. Thanks, sir. All right. Strong words, strong words for Mad Mike from Mister Jack Bunja. Uh, and um, with that, I think I think maybe we should take another commercial break. Um, I, I want to get into another one of our sponsors uh someone who has been a supporter of this show since the very very beginning before it was even a show even it was just an idea uh and um he has a habit of nurturing uh, all the crazy stuff that I come up with. And that is Sorgatron. Uh, he's one of our Patreon supporters. You know him from the Sorgatron Media Network. You know him from... If you live in Pittsburgh and consume media, you probably know Sorg. Uh, because Sorg produces at, at a prolific rate. It is downright impressive. And of course, um, we run the the ads on the show for Awesome Cast, for Insert Coin to Begin, and for um, the Wrestling Mayhem show. Sorg and I are coming up on... 500 episodes of The Mayhem Show. Uh, and these are... We've been doing it for longer than that. These are traditionally podcasted episodes. Uh, I don't even remember where we started counting or how long we were doing it before we started counting. It's... The mind boggledeth uh to think about it. It's phenomenal. And um, I'm happy to have the sorgatron media name on this podcast sorg is a uh, he's a good friend and he's a, a great supporter of the creative arts in pittsburgh uh and a great supporter of panel riots um when i was trying to find my foot in the early episodes he was telling people that uh i i was one of the best one man podcasts he had ever heard and that that really means a lot to me so uh thank you sorg and uh and thank you listener for uh, listening to a podcast on the Sorgatron Media Network and indulging uh, in the commercials that uh, for, the, for the other shows that we run on here. So uh, to that end, here they are. Let's talk tech. Tech news
8: discussions from the people in the industry right here in Pittsburgh. Online, gadgets, startups, and more. Check it out at awesomecast.net.
9: Hi, everyone. Do you like video games? Do you like reading about video games? Do you like listening to podcasts about video games? Why don't you check out insertcointobegin.com? New articles going up daily, and you can check out our podcast, Boss Battle, on sorgatronmedia.com.
8: Do you like professional wrestling? Want your discussions no holds barred? Check out wrestlingmayhemshow.com for all the wrestling podcast flavor you can handle.
2: Wonderful, fantastic, amazing podcasts. All. If you like podcasts, go and check them out at your earliest convenience, slurgatronmedia.com. They're all. There. This is <laughs> that is a weird sentence. This is uh, piano ride episode number fifty, and we are rolling through the interviews. Uh, and here come a few more. Speaking of uh, Sorgatron Media, let's get into those, shall we? Uh, the 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 gentlemen of the Sorgatron Media Network. Uh, in rapid succession, here you are going to hear my interviews with Sorg, Rizdiffer, Mad Mike, and Bobby FJ Town. Uh, one right after the other, and um, no uh, no. In between stuff from me. It's just bang, 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 bang. Uh, this is the Sorgatron Media segment of the uh, of the podcast. So uh, sit back, relax, and enjoy. All right, guys. Like I said, uh, we are interviewing everyone who has ever been on the show, and uh, we're asking them one simple question. What makes a good comic? And uh, here we are with... Uh, uh, he's been on the show multiple times. Mike Sorg is joining us. Hello, Sorg. Hello, Welby. Uh, Sorg... What makes a good comic book? Man,
8: there's a couple of things um, that generally I like something that's really irreverent, something that's got a great story. What comes to mind I've just finished the third volume of the omnibus of uh, Chu, which is amazing something that has its own world and it's got a lot of great jokes. if you're a part of that, I'll um, say something that's really kind of captured my imagination is morning glories. Uh, it's, it's got this kind of lost kind of feel to it. Uh, so it, it, you know, things that have kind of created their own world that you really invest in walking dead, I think of in this, in this way too, but also something, uh, you know, Marvel, I can think Hawkeye or Miss Marvel, right? Uh, something with a lot of personality to it, I think is what I'm really kind of landing on. Uh, and I can see a lot so of
2: not not your normal like uh, uh, superhero fair.
8: No, no, no. But but the superhero stuff can be around it with Hawkeye and, and Miss Marvel, right? I mean, the superhero is a superhero is a superhero, and the only thing I think stands apart from that is uh, you know I'm a big fan of the Bendis run on um, Ultimate Spider-Man, and it's something I read in a in a big chunk over maybe a year from you know issue one to issue like 130 or whatever whatever it is. Uh, when you have the death of Peter Parker. And um, that's like one of the few kind of emotional moments. And we know people die all the time at Marvel, right? And this didn't feel like, oh, he'll be back in a couple of, you know, whatever's in the next reboot or Secret Wars or whatever the case may be. Like it actually had some impact because it's not the Spider-Man that's been around since the 60s. It's the Spider-Man that's been around since, well, I started reading him a couple of months ago. So you got right, to lead yeah. in, invest, watch them grow. Then you got to that point and it had an impact to it. And mm-hmm. that's and he the, stayed dead and he stayed dead. And yeah, he didn't come back. I don't know what's going on with secret wars. I don't care. Uh, at they're this no, point, they are not bringing back. They're, they're not, not bringing they're back, not bring back Peter Parker. Oh, right good. Oh, good. Cause I no. think, and even like beyond that, um, I think we get myself. I'm one of the people that's big in the continuity. That's why I think I like the shoes. I like the Miss Marvels. I like the Hawkeye because they're very like cool. That was a good story. Cool. That was a good mm-hmm. story. You know, and, and it's a world that that involves by itself, but 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 still. And then you you go to something that's just this. Um, I want everything to have weight. I want everything to be consistent because I watched. I, I read X Men in the '90s, and Cyclops got married <laughs> to Jean Grey at one point. I want that to still matter now. Right, mm-hmm. but then if you're somebody that's just getting the X Men, I understand why that's a problem. Um, but and and and, and uh, you know something like that that just just has a weight to it. Pockets of things do that, like Civil War, like World War Hulk, like Planet Hulk. You know, but uh, but but I I fear that they're thrown away. Uh, you know the baby with the bathwater with a lot of things at Marvel these days, and uh, and uh, but those those pockets of that, and that's why you feel like you, you're safe when you go to like you with a saga or me with a chew or or, mm-hmm. or some of these other like Walking Dead or something like that, right? Like this is a nice safe place where you're not gonna have a you're not gonna have a secret wars happen to you. You're not gonna have an infinity crisis. That's why I feel nothing happened. Nothing matters in DC anymore, you mm-hmm. know, because they've done. I, I, oh, it's a crisis, time travel, crap. I'm done so but, yeah so i got you i got you a little bit of what makes a bad comic too so
2: that's true i hope that's that true. helps I, you I, it does it does i greatly appreciate it sorg thank you for joining us for the 50th episode and uh will we see you on a future episode yes excellent <laughs> all right Thanks. i wish
8: i had something more clever to say there
2: that's okay all right, folks, uh, we're here with Zach Rizza, former guest of the show. Uh, he was on to talk about comic book video games, and uh, we've brought him back to answer our, uh, our big panel riot question. Uh, so, Riz, mm-hmm. tell me, in your opinion, what makes a good comic?
3: Well, there's a lot of similarities between comic books and video games. Mm-hmm. Uh, for me, what makes a good comic book and what makes a good video game is the same as what makes a good movie or what makes a good TV show it's the attempt to grab attention to something mm-hmm. to, to something that you like like if you like The Walking Dead or if you like Mass Effect or something like that that's something you want to get into so yeah there's going to be that little in between t- thing you get in there that you like to do so that's what I think would make a good comic book
2: a comic that that speaks to you on mm-hmm. a, a level so that you mm-hmm. okay, okay alright cool Awesome. Well, uh, Riz, where can people find you on the internet? They
3: can find me at Riz Plays Games on the internets. Mm-hmm. If you go to YouTube, it's, it's a nice little uh, Let's Play channel. Uh, I just finished up a Minecraft story mode uh, thing that I actually did while you were playing video games for 24 hours.
2: Right, so that was during our extra uh, life. Uh, and
3: also, uh, Riz plays games on Twitter, and if you don't like video games... I don't know why you're. Well, I don't know why, but uh, <laughs> follow me at de Riz. There's two E's on that one. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> other than that, that's all you can find me at and insertpointbegin Cool. And
2: the, rest of the game, show Awesome. Cool. <laughs> all right, Riz, thanks for joining us. And uh... hey, guys, uh, Panel Riot Fifty. It's the big fiftieth episode, and uh, we're asking everybody a, a big, big, big question. And uh, in that vein, we're here with uh, Bobby F J Town multiple appearances on the show say hello bobby hi bobby all right all right it's gonna be like that okay <laughs> um bobby uh, you've had a little time to think about this i asked mm-hmm. you the question earlier and then the time has come my friend tell me and tell all of our listeners what makes a good comic
9: i am gonna have to go with artwork if i don't in like the, well, if, if i don't like the artwork in a comic book mm-hmm. chances are i'm not going to pick up the issue okay. it could be a great story but what i'm looking at first is that artwork um i could not get through the frank quietly new x-men era i could not get through his artwork mm-hmm. plus i do not like uh, what's his name grant morrison <laughs> right yeah um but other than that, I just I am not a fan of his artwork. Um, if if a cover is good and it catches my eye, um, I'll grab the issue. If I look through and it, if the artwork is different from the cover art, chances are I'm probably not going to read it. You know? Um but storyline has something to do with too. But my main focus is artwork. Your
2: main focus is artwork. Mm-hmm. that's fantastic. Well, Bobby, thank you for sharing this uh, sharing this with me. Uh, do you have any uh, any final words of wisdom? Artwork. Artwork, okay. Uh, <laughs> anything you want to plug? Anywhere can people find you online?
9: Uh, you can find me at insertcointobegin.com. Uh, new articles going up daily. Live every, eight, every uh, Tuesday night at 8 on Boss Battle, and you can download Boss Battle on Servitron Media Network.
2: Fantastic. All right, thank you very much, Bobby. And uh, you folks should stick around because we're going to have an inter- another interview coming up right now guys, welcome back. Panel Riot, we are asking the big question about uh, about comic books, and we are bringing back all the old favorites. If you've been on the show, if they've been on the show, they are back for Panel Riot 50. It's the big one, and uh, joining us, returning to the show for the second time only, is Mad Mike.
10: Hi, how are you, LB?
2: Fantastic. Mike, how have you been?
10: I've been doing pretty good. I've been reading a lot of comics. I actually caught up on Saga on your uh, suggestion.
2: Ooh, that's a good good uh good choice of mm-hmm. comics to catch up on mm-hmm. so uh in that vein coming off fresh of one of the best comics available right now tell me what makes a good comic
10: well for me a good comic um relatable characters uh that, that i mean for me you have to like be able to be drawn in i think that's kind of why like i enjoy spider-man so much just because he's kind of like the everyman in the Marvel universe. Granted, he has spider abilities, but still, like he has everyday real world problems. He's not like a billionaire. He's not a supreme alien god being, whatever. But you need to have, you need to be like, you need a, an insert into the world. Like even if it's not the main character, as long as there's someone that can grab my attention, make me, like put me in that character's shoes, and pull me in. Like that. That's kind of what I need for a good book. And I, I think that's why I gravitate a lot toward like team Titans too. Cause like, you may not be able to relate to everyone on there, but you can always relate to someone on that team. One of the members is always going through something that you have gone through in your personal life. Like that to me is what really makes a good comic.
2: Fantastic. Very cool. Well, thank you very much for joining us for the, for the big 50th anniversary. Uh, do you have any final words of wisdom for us?
10: Um, I I know you say it all the time, but go read Saga. Well, it was re- I j- I just sat down at at Barnes and Noble. I grabbed a really large hot chocolate, and I just read the whole thing. And oh man, it was it was a journey, and I really enjoyed it's,
2: it. It's magic. It really is magic. Um, so uh, where can uh, where can people find you on the internet?
10: Well, you can find me at Mad Mike Four Eight Eight Three. If there's any comics I should be reading, uh, tell me about it, and I will give them a look see. I'm also on the Wrestling Mayhem Show and on the Midweek War brought to you by Sorbetron Media.
2: Awesome. Mike, thank you very much for joining us. And folks, please stick around for more Panel Riot 50. And you did! You did stick around for more Panel Riot 50. Man, you guys are great. You guys are just wonderful. Very patient with me. Very patient with me in this episode. Uh, and I, that means a, that means a lot to me. I, I really do appreciate that. Folks, we're rolling right along here. We just have a handful of interviews left, uh, ones a little longer, ones a little shorter, ones just right. Um, but before we do that, we're going to talk about our last sponsor here, uh, uh Spa PGH Metamorphosis. Um so Metamorphosis is owned by my uh my my dear friend Mia and um Mia has kind of changed my life since I met her. Uh, she was kind of a, a friend of a friend originally um she was uh, she was friends with the girl that I was dating as well as um my friend Kim, who you may be familiar with she's the one who reads the ad copy on the commercial that we run um, and i w i just i just went into metamorphosis one day and i said mia uh, i i don't know what i 'm doing my hair looks ridiculous just make me look good." Just, just make it, make me look good. Do whatever you want. I don't care. Just make me look good and make it so that I can work in an office and not get yelled at. And she did. She worked wonders. And um, even though uh, I have, I am no longer dating that uh, that girl. I still continue to go to Metamorphosis, and Mia always takes such good care of me, and all the girls at Metamorphosis do. So this is my. Attempt to give back to them to that to that fantastic uh, organization, Metamorphosis Spa uh, and it's not just limited to haircuts. I I've I've gotten uh, uh, my toenails done there. I've gotten manicures and pedicures, and, and, and don't knock them till you try them. They are delightful. Let me tell you. Um, I get massages there. I'll do yoga there from time to time. It's it's a wonderful wonderful place. I encourage you to uh, check them out at spa.pgh.com. You can also follow them uh, on Facebook at Metamorphosis. Um, And uh, I I understand that they're a local group, and that's limiting to some of my listeners who, uh, uh, you know, opposite coasts, opposite states, whatever. But from my understanding is um, they should have something that you can uh, you can patronize soon. Fingers crossed. They've been talking about it for a little while now. I don't want to say too much um because I don't know what their actual uh uh plans are or if any of the plans are concrete or any of that. But either way, uh even just pay a visit to their website cuz it's a delightful website. spotpgh.com metamorphosis. And uh if you are an avid listener, you are familiar with this commercial and uh we're going to hear it one more time. Here we are
6: in or around the pittsburgh area check out metamorphosis pittsburgh's only full-service organic salon spa and wellness studio haircut check mani check petty check massages highlights sauna and facials absolutely we even offer professional yoga classes daily visit us at spapgh.com. that's s-p-a-p-g-h.com today because when you feel good
0: you look even better
2: And we're back. We're back. Welcome back, everybody. I'm happy to be back. I'm happy that you're back. Uh, and if you're hearing that, that means, much to your surprise, you are back. Um, we are rolling right along with Panel Riot, and um, we are going to have an interview now. It's another longer one. Uh, I got into a discussion with a, a young lady named Dawn Bunja. Uh, that name might seem familiar because she's married to Jack. Um, and uh uh, we talked about comics she has kind of been on the show before just um in the background Uh, she jumped in on one of jack's episodes and um i absolutely can't wait to have her on a future episode she's um she's she's brilliant and she has amazing insights into the world of comic books and uh well i'll I'll let you uh hear that for yourself so uh without further ado here is dawn papuga bunja all right, folks, Panel Riot 50. Uh, we're, uh, we're asking the big question uh, what makes a good comic? And joining us now is uh, you may have heard her just a teeny tiny bit on the show before on a very early episode uh, when we had uh, Jack Bunja on desperately trying to uh, defend DC. Uh, and um, <laughs> and uh, actually, in his answer, she was shouting in the background about Felicity. Um, but uh, joining us now is future guest of the show, Don Bunja. Hello, Don.
11: How weird does that sound, right?
2: Right? Is that what you're going by? <laughs> uh,
11: you know what? Nobody's, nobody can decide at this point. It's either Don Bunja, Don Papuga Bunja. Right. We, we don't know. We'll, we'll yeah. just go with Don. That'll work.
2: Yeah, that'll work. Don, Don. Don is joining us. Hello, Don. Hi. Uh, I have a question for you.
11: Well, I hope I'm prepared to answer.
2: I, I imagine you are. Of anybody <laughs> I know, I imagine you would be. Don, what makes a good comic book?
11: Oh, that's a terrible question, Will. Yeah.
2: <laughs> um, because what do because do you mean it lacks, by "good"? Because it lacks a uh, 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 specific nature.
11: Yeah, so well, that's that's, that's, part that's of the, why that's it's a good of, question. That's, you know what? That's the kind of question I would give students as an essay exam. Well,
2: because, what do you think I'm doing?
11: Uh, yeah, well, I, uh, listen. I don't have my APA citation guide with me. So, <laughs> so here's the thing if you're talking about good it it really it comes down to what who's doing the classification right Mm -hmm. so if you're talking about well i am me personally that's a that's a terrible person to ask so if you're talking (laughs) to me if you're talking to me from a business perspective right if i want to sell comic books if i am you know dc or i'm marvel or dark horse or whoever you want to put out there Mm -hmm. uh imagine whatever um There are a couple of things like you can't just have somebody going willy-nilly and you know coming up with a comic book that you know, it doesn't adhere to expected Tropes of comic book and superhero characters, right? So you you can't just have like, I mean I guess you could have a light bulb, but I mean the the point that I'm making is that, that people go back to comic books for the same reason that they traditionally went back to soap operas that they went back to Westerns that were spaghetti westerns on TV uh, that they go back to, you know, noir pulp comics, like, you know, the Maltese, not comics, but books, the Maltese Falcon, et cetera, is because there are established patterns that might not be immediately, you know, apparent to, to the reader, but there's always a storyline that lines up with the expectation, right? Mm-hmm. Whenever they switch to um, more long form in terms of taking, taking storylines and story arcs beyond one issue, that was actually really uh, jarring to the industry and so you know people expect to have resolution at some point Mm -hmm. people expect um there to be conflict i mean it's just like any good story right i mean you could take any you could take any good story or any good plot device and, and insert it into a comic but people want to see a hero It could be, you know, an anti-hero. It could be whatever. They want to see a hero. They want to see that hero challenged. They want to see something that is meaningful beyond just, you know, a red herring. They want to see something that's really going to impact the the character. And then they want to see resolution. It doesn't mean that it ends up pretty. It doesn't mean it ends up well. Um, I'm a fan of tragedy, so I like it when it doesn't end up with a pretty bow. (laughs) But... Most of the things that I like turn end up with a pretty bow, but, um, but you know, if I'm a, if I'm a trying to sell comic books, I want to make sure that it's following those kinds of patterns. I want to make sure that, um, if we're talking about a longer arc that, that each mini arc within each issue of a comic is going to touch on advancing the storyline, uh, you know, answering some questions and then producing another before the end of that particular issue. So, I mean, that's not even, I wouldn't even say that that qualifies something to be good, Um, it would sell right (laughs) so I mean if you're talking about good being does it sell if you're talking about is it um, good versus something that impacts um, the industry or the genre as a whole Mm -hmm. something like um, mouse or something like um, um, the pride of Baghdad which you famously introduced me to and you know was was fantastic mm-hmm. it, it sits outside of it still adheres to those tropes but it sits outside because it had such an incredible impact right um, people people like what they're familiar with they like to see themselves in a comic book and I don't mean physically seeing themselves I mean they, they like to see um, you know whether it's explicit or if it, it's it's implicit through the character storylines I mean civil war is just a It's embarrassingly transparent, right? Uh, And it's going to continue to be, especially in the Marvel films that are coming out. Especially in the Marvel films that are coming out. But people like to see their...
2: It's why why Spider-Man was so popular when it first came out. Oh,
11: yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And, you know, it's funny because I, you know, I absolutely, you know... Jack and I when we met we fought and you were there. We fought tooth and nail over <laughs> what was better, Marvel or DC. Right. And um I've since changed my opinion. However, um part of the problem uh, of, whatever, part of the <laughs> <laughs> for now, whatever. Part of the part of the reason that I was um having such a difficult time with DC was that I could not see Anything that I found valuable in female characters in the d c world right the d c mm-hmm. universe didn't present anything except you know really poor excuses of of female characters there weren't there just weren't any that doesn't mean that I had to just you know exclusively look at female characters uh, you know i I'm absolutely a Batman girl and not a Superman girl that's just mm-hmm. you know we're going back to the darkness, but you know Marvel at least I was able to see some elements of what I you know strength power intelligence you know emotion you know to this day regardless of, of, of you know what's been put out since then the uh, dark Phoenix saga is still to this day my favorite story arc of all time mm-hmm. and and I think it will always be but um, for me it you know I think it also ties to what what does that comic do for you in in your day-to-day life right uh, you know does it is it tied to an event in your life? Is it, you know, do you see that reflection in, in what you're reading? People gravitate to different things at different times for those kinds of reasons. It's not usually a conscious choice, but you know, it's just like music. You think about the music you listen to, at you know, really impactful times in your life. It ties things together for you. I think at least a little neatly. Hmm. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> That, was that too deep?
2: <laughs> no, no, that was that was uh, fantastic and succinct, and it actually you touched a little bit on um, the topic that I want to have you on the show in the future for to talk about um, how women are represented in comics.
11: Oh, please,
2: absolutely! Um, and, and, it, and I'm actually happy to say that um, I feel like when I started this show, um, the conversation that we would have had then is different from the one now.
11: Really? How because do you figure?
2: I feel like I feel like um I feel like the way that um the 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 level of consciousness and attention that's the way that women are portrayed in comics has changed even in just the past year, you know?
11: Do you mean in the actual books themselves or do you mean in popular culture or both?
2: Um, I was talking mainly of the books, but I, 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 don't know. I can't really speak to popular culture. All I really do is read comics. So <laughs> <laughs> fair, enough. fair enough. All the, uh, all the shows that I watch, uh, that the word, they're all gone now. So,
11: well, I mean, I think that it, it, you know, it's interesting because, um, I will be really interested to see in the coming months, what happens to the wonder woman book, because, um, that story arc, well, the, the 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 past few story arcs that have taken place, you know, since right leading up to the new 52, certainly since Gail Simone, but leading up to the new 52, and then even even beyond that, and certainly the current um, the, the current iteration of her existence right now, and the um, the gods being uh, much more present and being the the core of the of the conflict in you know in the story, making her the god of war. Making her a whole lot uh, less—I don't want to say less lovey-dovey and yay um, team—and more, you know, really adhering to an Amazonian perspective. I mean, I think she could still go darker than she actually is. I mean, the epitome of that was whenever she snapped Max Lord's neck. I mean, Mm -hmm. that—that is the Wonder Woman that I've been waiting to see in comic books for a very long time. And I think that they've gotten closer. Now, what I'm afraid of is I'm afraid they're going to take it back and, um, and once again, um, rehash, you know, her origin story and, and, and change things up. But, you know, oh, yeah. I think well, it's going to depend. The movie comes out? Well, that's what I'm worried about. Well, I don't know if I'm worried. That's what I, that's what I think is going to have a, a greater impact. Um, I know that they're doing a, an equivalent of earth one for wonder woman. And I'm, uh, I'm, I'm very tentatively interested in what that's going to look like. So, but I think you're right. I think that it's changed i think um you know i I would have to look some more at um I, i've a, I've since abandoned most Marvel comics um mm-hmm. because I, I can tell you exactly the moment where I said I'm done, and that was when Marvel diva came out and i i was if i could have I would have had some nice words with Joe Cassada if I could have.
2: Um <laughs> oh, Divas. that was two thousand and
11: nine. I know and it was awful it's a it the, was it's a whole awful.
2: new world now.
11: then you need to tell me what I need to read and look oh. at because I will not even open those books anymore because it's such a terrible oh, the stereotypes and the oh it's oh, no, terrible
2: no, no. that, that it's was so bad. uh uh Captain Marvel, Miss Marvel, just off the top of my head, those are two books that you should absolutely be reading.
11: I, I will I m- do so.
2: I can't believe you're not reading those books. They're amazing.
11: No, well, I haven't yet. And like I said, there's a reason. Because every time I've dabbed my toe back in the Marvel water, it has been sheared <laughs> off by a giant, great, white, evil shark. And I just mm-hmm. won't. Walt- it's it, it, it's consistently disappointing. I mean, even if you want to even look at the influence on the 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 last Avengers movie and, and the way that they portrayed Black Widow, I I, yeah, I hope...
4: That- not I great. hope one
11: day she, you know, they're able to fix that. Right. Mm-hmm. It, it yeah, was, it I was really bad. About that. It was, yeah, everyone should have felt a little bit twitchy and gross about that. It was not good. Mm-hmm. Um, but, um, but they were also, so, but now, now you and I just said, it's not good, right? It wasn't good, but you realize there are lots of people out there who saw something they recognize, which is the, you know, the trope of the pretty woman who is damaged? Who is able to quell the beast in some giant angry man? Right. right. Yeah. That was that's. I mean, you could just put fur on the Hulk and it'd be King Kong all over again, right? So, <laughs> I mean, it's it's something that people recognize. It's a it's an underlying storyline that they get and that they they're familiar with. And I think Marvel taps on those things, especially when they're launching big projects, so that they're able to access a broader audience. Um. Mm-hmm. But if you're saying that the, the Captain Marvel and Ms. Marvel are, are worth it, I'm, I'm, I'm game to, to catch up.
4: I at think, least if not, at fantastic. least long enough to
11: have the conversation with you, and then I can drop them again if they're horrible.
2: Yeah, I can yeah promise that's, you that. that's exactly what you should do. Now, I don't know what's going to happen with Captain Marvel in the future. Kelly Sue DeConnick was writing her for a long time, but she just ended her run. So I can't speak to where it's going to go after Secret Wars, but pre-Secret Wars, it was magnificent.
4: So,
11: so what made it in your mind? What you so you, you were asking me what makes a good comic? You said it was magnificent, it's fantastic, it's outstanding. What made it? What made it like that for you?
2: Because it was, it was, it, it was <laughs> I'm am going to repeat a lot of things that people have already said as far as answers on this very episode. Um, the art was excellent, uh, and the writing was very good. The uh, it was character driven. You knew who these people were and what their motivations were and they all had very distinct voices. Um it it the storyline and the characters really drew you in. You know what I mean? They felt like mm-hmm. real people in unreal scenarios. And I think that um that is a, a big part of why I enjoyed it so much. And the and of course the unreal scenarios that they were in were exciting. They were like space adventures, you know what I mean? But they were still the <laughs> these tiny little um, moments of humor or moments of um, humanity, even though some of them were aliens that just, that, you know, touches you on a, on a deeper level. And the whole thing was just a, just a, a a wonderful symphony of, of, you know, all these different elements being woven together. Well.
11: Yeah. You just said something that, that really is the core of all of, you know, what makes good art. Right, and that is it. What what moves you? Mm -hmm. And I know that sounds really corny, but um, you mentioned the art. There was an entire I think it was the Chang run uh, of art on Wonder Woman that I was just it just sent. I I couldn't. I hated it. Mm -hmm. I hated everything about it. I didn't. When I first looked at it, I was just resistant, and then I realized how closely the art style was tied to the actual storyline. And that made a huge difference when I realized that. Um, but, you know, it has to be aesthetically pleasing. and It doesn't have to be pretty, pretty art. It can be something that you, you know, that, that kind of thing, the, the artistic style is definitely something that uh, I think is very individual. For example, I absolutely loved um, the McKean uh, illustration and, and art direction, you know, in, um, in the Sandman comics. A lot of people didn't mm-hmm. because it changed so very much. And even within one issue, it would change so very much. And it was really chaotic. And, and a lot of people didn't didn't like that. And, and that's their prerogative. Um, a lot of people really like the more traditional look. Mm-hmm. Um, I hate the Mecca look more than anything in the world. I absolutely hate it, hate it, hate it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I know that there are people who love it, right? Um, Mm -hmm. you know, it has to sing the, the, whatever you're, you're experiencing for you think it's good and keep going back to it, it has to sing to you. So that means that the, the pacing has to be good. The, the, um, the language and the dialogue that's used has to be artfully done. And, you know, I think for intelligent readers, there has to be acknowledgement that what you're reading isn't in a vacuum. Um, and, and. You know, I think of back to the Blackest Night series, and one of the things that I really appreciated was that it recognized um, the history of those characters in the universe. It recognized what was going on in other comics. Some people think that it did too much of that, which is, you know, fine, but it has to feel whole, and it has to feel complete, and it has to feel like there's a purpose, you know, it's not like the Sunday comics when you, you open, you know, the funny papers and it's, you know, a handful of blocks and it's only one thought that they're conveying. We're talking about entire story arcs that can become very complex. Mm-hmm. Now, retconning to me is incredibly frustrating. Um, yeah, it, I, some I, people appreciate I agree. that, but I mean, we've had how many yeah. conversations about, you know, retconning everything away? You just can't do that. And I think that what happens is when, when the authors, on the one hand, you have writers and, and even illustrators who are willing to take really big chances because they know it's going to be wiped away, right? Mm-hmm. They know that, you know, well, we can always retcon there's a safety, you know, safety catch or a safety valve. Um, yeah. But I think that the writers who are willing to put their favorite characters on the line and kill them or damage them, um, I think the when, when that happens, I think the readers... Um, they feel that more more powerfully, and I think that's what draws people back to those kinds of comics. Um, now, granted, if they're dead and they're not retconned, that <laughs> changes things kind of dramatically, and it creates a different type of universe. But you know, I'm I you know I'm a huge fan of of not bringing back a character once they're gone, um, you know, or, or an individual iteration of a character. You know, you don't want to have the exact same person come back every time but um it can it can help the story move forward you can also get trapped in a horrible loop of uh, this is uh, you know it's the same thing all over again every couple of months Mm -hmm. or every year every couple of years you know oh well big death scene now we're gonna have this new rebirth now they're gonna face this conflict it can get old um but yeah awesome singing
2: Have to sing. Right. Well <laughs> folks, I think this is uh this is just the tip of the iceberg uh f- for the awesome conversations we can have with Don and uh so Don, will you uh join us for a future episode? Let's make it a Oh,
11: I would be more than happy to do so.
2: Fantastic. Hopefully I can come down to Baltimore and we can record in person.
11: <gasps> that would be awesome. <laughs> we could do it in our new comic room. It'd be oh, sweet. that would be great. I know, um, right?
2: Don, if if people are looking for more of you on the internet, where could they find it? <laughs>
11: I've gone underground. Um,
2: <laughs>
4: <laughs>
11: I truly have. Um, I, right now, I'm just on Twitter. Um, right. there's, a, there's some thinking about bringing back um, some, some p- potential blogging or journaling or uh, creative writing space. But um, right now, it's at Lyric Tragedy, and uh, you can find me
2: there. Awesome. Don. thank you for joining us. And uh, folks, stick around for more Panel Riot number 50 after this. Thank you Don thank you sincerely for uh, for taking the time to be on the show here and um like I said hopefully she will be on the show again sooner rather than later not just because uh she's she's wonderful but also because I haven't seen Jack and Don in person since they got married which was over a year ago now and I haven't been to Baltimore since that happened and there's this um there's this little breakfast spot uh, on the inner harbor and it's just absolutely magnificent let me just say chicken and waffles jalapeno corn waffles absolutely fantastic no no stay hold on stan no we're not having chicken and waffles no it's in baltimore no we're not going to baltimore no we're doing the show all right after the show maybe maybe after the show stan got excited that happens from time to time uh, next up is uh, uh, Kristen Ross you know her, you love her, she's been on the show before uh, she's absolutely brilliant and uh, she's uh, an absolutely wonderful addition to Panel Riot and I'm, I'm thrilled that she uh, she will participate um, when uh, when called upon and uh, this is no different uh, I asked for her to answer the big question the the what makes a good comic book um, and uh, she did not disappoint, however she 's busy. Kristen Understand is a very busy individual she 's written many books she 's still writing books and you know that's that 's not a walk in the park so she kind of had someone send in a message for her so um, it 's an email and i 'll read it to you and you'll things will become clear as i as I uh, go along here. So, uh, the subject of the email, all in caps, is The Champ is Here. From the desk of John Felix Anthony Cena. Hi there. I'm John Cena, hailing from West Newberry, Massachusetts, 15 time world champion and all around great guy. November and December are some of Kristen's busiest months, so she asked me to write up this little statement for her. I managed to fit it in between visiting Make-A-Wish kids and basically threatening the manhood of every insecure wrestling fan. Kristen says what makes a good comic is the storytelling. She was really mad when she said this, like it seemed obvious. She said that comics are really good when it's a story that is best told in the medium. The example she used was Prince Robot the Fourth, who is coolest on the page. He would surely be ruined by the screen. Uh, This is Will here. I think that might have been a pun, because he has a screen for a face, and that makes me sad. She said she could go on, but I, John Cena, do not know what a Prince robot is, so I told her, please, no, stop. Happy anniversary, Panel Riot. Love, The Champ, and Kristen Ross. Well, that's amazing. John Cena just wrote into Panel Riot wow (laughs) i did not expect that turn of events and kristen ross also rode into panel riot folks it's magic (laughs) this is a magical magical episode thank you kristen and um thank you john for uh for being kristen's proxy to the show this week I, i greatly appreciate it kristen will of course return on a future episode uh because she's wonderful and why wouldn't she Next up, uh, we've got believe it or not, another interview. That's right, folks. Um, I <laughs> I'm out of advertisers. That's that's pretty much it. Um, oh, maybe there's one. We'll segue. Um, so next up is TJ Tag. You may be familiar with TJ Tag from shows such as Mine. TJ is a prolific reader of comics, and uh, his knowledge of both art and writer is uh, is impressive. And I asked TJ, of course, the big question, and here's what he said. So, we're here with uh, TJ Tag. He is a former guest. Did I say it wrong? Is it Tagui? No, no, no. No, You no, got, it's great. Got, okay. Got it. uh, former guest of Panel Riot, and uh, uh, this is uh, for the big episode 50. So, the big question. We've all had time to, to, to think about it, and I'm curious what you came up with. TJ, what makes a good comic? Um, for me, personally, a good comic
8: is something that, while I'm reading it, I feel like I'm in... Part of that world, if that makes any sense, where i uh see what they created and see how they brought it upon like brought upon it, and it's you know I forget my troubles and all that fun stuff um, but like so that 's one of the main factors, but the biggest one for me, and I know it 's a partic- uh, very specific uh requirement is if i a good comic for me is a comic that I can read and makes me want to draw my own comic that makes me want to take what I saw they did and be like, that is awesome. How can anybody do anything but that? If a good comic, so a good comic for me is one that
2: I can read and go, okay, I'm inspired. How can I top what they're doing? Uh, which is impossible if you read saga. All right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Cool. So something that draws you in and something that inspires you. Yeah, pretty much short and sweet. All right. Anything else? Um, read more comics are good. Okay. <laughs> Don't read terrible ones. All right. All right, TJ, thank you very much for uh, joining us for the 50th episode of Piano Riot. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, TJ. Uh, it's great to have you, and I can't wait to have you on the show again. Let's not rest on our laurels. Let's go right into our next interview, Meredith Staten. Meredith Staten, she's a Patreon supporter. You've heard her in um, in the background of uh, the Soul Sworn episode, and you are about to hear her again. All right, so we're here with uh, Meredith Staten. She has been, you heard her on uh, episode 49, uh, where we talked about Soul Sworn and web comics and everything like that. And uh, she's also a future guest of the show. Um, and uh, so we want to know, Mara, what makes a good comic?
12: Well, I think that that depends really for each person, because what I think is going to be a good comic isn't going to be a good comic for someone else. Um, but what I find to be what makes a good comic is something that pulls on my emotions, that's engaging, without being too explain-y, uh, too much exposition to fill you in. Um, and really, if it's just something that hasn't been done before, it's got a new, interesting take on a story, uh, which is why I really prefer the indie comics, um, because you're, you're just getting all sorts of stories, you're not getting the same rehashed thing over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. Cool. And especially if the artist has a lot of passion, or the writer has a lot of passion, and that comes through in the art and the story, then, you know, it, it makes it a better read than I'm just doing this because it's my job.
2: Right. So Cool. Very awesome. Well, uh, like I said, you will be on a future episode of Panel Riot, Idiot. so listeners can look forward to that. And also, you're one of our Patreon supporters, so thank you very much in person for that.
12: <laughs> you're welcome.
2: I, we greatly appreciate the support. You're welcome. So, uh, yeah. And, of course, our final interview. Uh, he is the author... The artist, the creator of Soul Sworn, the webcomic, and incidentally, uh, he is also our newest sponsor. Zach Staten is uh, is going to be uh, joining us, coming on as one of our sponsors for uh, through via Soulsworn, via the the excellent webcomic comic Soulsworn. Um, we are going to be recording commercials for that, and uh, they will be added to our regular rotation. So thank you, Zach, for uh, for all your support for Panel Riot. Thank you for Soulsworn, and um, go read Soulsworn right now, Soulsworn.com. Um, it's it's excellent, and the things he's doing with art are both uh, impressive and erotic. This is a grown-up comic for grown-ups. It's really filthy <laughs> and really violent, and um, the most recent comic is um, its basically the Kama Sutra. So you've been warned. Um, and without further ado, here he is, uh, Zach Staten. All right, guys, we are here uh, once again with Zeke of uh, soulsworn.com, webcomic creator, uh, the, the coveted f- number 49 spot. You were on the 49th episode uh, where we got attacked with bugs. Yes. And uh, drank a lot. Oh, yeah. Yes, yeah. So uh, the big question that we're asking everybody for episode 50, Zeke, what makes a good comic? I mean, I could go into the
3: technical details where, you know, step one is uh, all the things that make a terrible comic, don't do that. <laughs> and then step 2, you know, meet your audience. But I think for me what really uh, what really gets you going for how you know a comic is good is the second you finish reading it, you need to immediately find somebody and shove it into their hands and slap them until they read it and bug them every day. Have you read it yet? Have you I need to talk about this and I'm not going to spoil it for you because it's magic. <laughs> and you know when you have that moment, that is when you know a comic is good.
2: All right, excellent. Uh, well, thank you. That was very short. Yeah. That may oh, be the shortest answer we get. Let's, uh, I, can, I have an even shorter one. What is, what is it? Well, ask me the question again. All right, Zeke, what makes a good comic? Oh, if it's hosted at soulsworn.com. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. Zeke, thank you for joining us on the 50th episode of Panel Riot. And uh, we'll see you in the future. Thank you, Zach. And thank you, listener. For joining us on this uh, giant-sized episode of Panel Riot, I know uh, this one was uh, an hour longer than they normally are, give or take. Um, but uh, I thank you so, so very much for spending your time with me and with intern Stan and with Watson and, and the whole, uh, the whole Panel Riot crew here. Uh, it really means the world to me. Um, finally, well, Will. What makes a good comic? Well, that's that's a great question. (laughs) That's a very good question. I'm glad you asked. Um, What makes a good comic is... It's what everybody said, obviously, in these questions. I... Nobody said something in, this, in these interviews that I disagreed with. Nobody said something, and I was like, well, that doesn't seem right. It's all accurate. And the reason for that is a good comic is not just one thing. It's not just good writing, and it's not just good art, and it's not, it's not just good, uh, good characters and gripping storyline and everything like that. A good comic is, is, is like a, a, a symphony, it's all these pieces coming together to work in concert, to make something beautiful. It's, a good comic is more than the sum of its parts. Um, a good comic is it, it's like, it's like a watch, you know what I mean? All these tiny pieces coming together to work and interlock with each other perfectly and to make something that is essentially magic. And that's what a good comic is, and that's why I love comics. All of those things to be able to see and enjoy the medium at its best and to revel in it and to share the emotions that it brings up in you with others. Um, to Like uh, like I think it was actually Zach that said, you know, a good comic is when you read it and then you immediately want to shove it into someone else's hands and um, and then make them read it so you can share that with them. You can share that experience and, um, that, that magic, that, that feeling. So, um, that's what I think a good comic is. It's, uh, a good comic is a symphony. So, um, I think that wraps it up. Ladies and gentlemen, 50 episodes of panel riot. Thank you so much for getting me here, um, for getting us here, for joining me on this weird journey. Um, and, uh, this is the most cliched thing to say at this point, but hey, here's to 50 more. Um, so, before <laughs> that's, that's it, that's all I got. Uh, before we close the book on another episode, I do have a few things to share with you. Would you like more Panel Riot? Well, good news more is available. You can find us at our all new, all different, newly renovated base of operations, Panel Riot. Dot com. It is live now. It's live right at this very moment. You can go and check it out. Um, you can uh, from there. You can do all manner of things, including donating to the cause. Become a Patreon supporter of Panel Riot, and you will have my undying gratitude as well as a few Patreon exclusives, comic reviews, interviews, other bonus content. It's magic, and it's all there. Just click the link that says Patreon and go from there. You will join the pantheon of supporters currently helping the show run smoothly with their hard earned dollars. Our sincere thanks to Ellen Hemington at Coyote Claw, K Y O T E K L A W, Meredith Staten at Mayor Bear Doodles, Bear is B E A R, like the growly kind, um, Tonio Garza at The W Revolution, Ed Burke at Ed Burke 37, and of course, the man himself, the man without. Who none of this would be possible. I don't know if I said that right. Our benevolent overlord at Sorgatron. On a scale of one to ten, they are the best. You can find us on Twitter at Panel Riot. I'm at DJ Lunchbox, and you can also follow our all new, all different, still stoned intern Stan at Intern Stan. And starting now, yes now, I may have mentioned this earlier. You can follow our wonderful sponsor, the Petri family the family that took time to bring you good wine, at Petri Wine. What does a podcast-supporting family of winemakers have to tweet about? Well, follow them and find out. I'm curious myself. Our show is available on Stitcher, Spreaker, iHeartRadio, Google Play Music, when that happens, and, of course, iTunes. You can also head over to PanelRiot.com and click the link that says Most Recent Episode. It does what it says it do. If you're an iTunes listener, please rate and review the show. You'll help more people find the podcast, and you will become a better person automatically if you do. I want to know what you think of the show. Please email us, panelride at gmail.com. Tell me what you're reading, and what you like, and what you don't like, and uh, what your favorite interview was from the 50th episode, and what your favorite 50th anniversary of whatever is, whenever. Thanks for listening, true believers, and remember, life is too short to read bad comics. Media Podcast Find out more at sorgatronmedia.com.
9: Let's go out to the lobby. Let's go out to the lobby. Let's go out to the lobby and have ourselves some wine. Petri wine.
10: Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring.
11: A laundry?
2: Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh?